We are recording. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Rubber Ranch. I guess that's the podcast name now. Um, first off, I just want to apologize that we have not had a podcast in eight months, maybe nine months. It's been a long time. Um, me and Angus have been real busy with school and stuff like that. And honestly, I kind of just forgot about the podcast. So my fault there. Anyways, say hi, Angus. Hi. How are you doing? Good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, reboot, new name, and uh, hopefully more consistently yep. episodes. Um, I can confirm that there will be an episode next Tuesday or sometime on a Tuesday because we got a very special guest coming on next Tuesday. I'm not going to say that. You'll just have to wait. Eh. Go our Twitter account and you'll find out. And that is at. I weirdly completely forgot it. Um, it is at Rubber Ranch Pod. Go follow them if you have not already. Now, the first thing I want to cover here today is Seattle Kraken have signed Luke Henman um, on a three year entry level contract. He was well, uh, yeah, he's been over a point per game for the last two seasons. I am not surprised at all that Ron Francis signed one of the guys that he's drafted. Um, I think Luke Henman is a decent prospect. I mainly only see him as a really good fourth liner who could easily slot in on the third line, kind of like a Teddy Bluger guy. Yeah, I'm... I'm not familiar with Henman personally, but QMJHL, he was apparently the captain of his team and the first player that the Kraken have ever got. So hopefully he can do something for that franchise and become a solid player. I also watched that press conference between him and Ron Francis earlier. Henman seems pretty excited. Francis seems pretty excited. Um, and luckily, they didn't. Luckily, Henman did not have to wait months and months to tell anyone else about his family, unlike Reed Duke, because apparently he had to wait months and months. So, all right. Now, let's get into some New York Rangers here. <laughs> all I have to say is, man, oh man, I do not like James Dolan. Yeah, the New York Rangers situation is pretty interesting. Obviously, now they've cleaned house, getting rid of the GM, the coach, everyone. Um, Got to imagine for at least the general manager with um, that there was something to do specifically with the Tom Wilson situation. And apparently the um, higher management and ownership released that statement and the general manager wanted didn't want his name attached to it so the assistant general manager and gm have left and today the head coach was fired so 
David Quinn is out. What are your thoughts on that? And who do you think would be a suitable replacement for Quinn? I'm half and half on the Quinn firing. Like a lot of people say this is the next step of the rebuild. I'm not sure if I'm on that train yet because he, him and the Rangers had really rough start to the season. Rough. It's awful. And then like if they didn't have that rough stretch, I think they would have made the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And I think Quinn is a good coach. If he does a good an NHL job, not gonna lie, I kind of want the world experience. Anyways, um, Quinn might go to like Coyotes, but I kind of doubt it. Um, for some replacements for the Rangers, John Torella. Oh, no. That's just my answer for him. No. John Tortorella obviously comes to mind. A second stint in New York. I think it could be decent, but with all the young players there in New York, it's not going to work out. And even players like Zibinijad and Panarin and Kreider, they might not have the same amount of success under a coach like John Tortorella. And who knows, maybe Alexi Lafreniere would be benched. I would not be surprised. Um, yeah. I think another one that comes to mind, which I think he is obviously going to come to mind for any coaching availability, Gerard Gallant. Yeah, Gallant's name's going to be there for a long time. I'm hoping that he ends up coming to Montreal because he's a really good coach and it would be an interesting situation if he comes to Montreal not French speaking but I think he could make it work yeah if they need a French speaking guy to talk to the press they have Ducharme uh I don't like Ducharme no he's out I don't think he should be the head coach I really do not no he shouldn't um Thinking of another one, Rick Tockett. I, I honestly have a little bit of an unpopular opinion of him with the Rangers fit. I think Rick Tockett would be a great fit for the Rangers, honestly. But here's my one concern with Rick Tockett. Do not burn Igor Shizdurkin. Yeah, I agree with that. We've seen it with Darcy Kemper. He tends to lean towards one goaltender or another and kind of burn them out and then come to the point where you end up forcing injury and that's not something that you want to see with a guy like Igor even Georgiev you want those guys to stay healthy for sure and it I hope Tockett can learn how to use them properly but if you've got two starters in your starting net and backup like he did in Arizona in Kemper and Ronta, how is he going to do anything different with Shashorkin and Georgiev? Yeah. And also, I believe Keith Kincaid is on an expiring contract. He is, yeah. Hey, Kristuri, resign him. He was a great other option for gold settings. I will be honest, Georgiev not play that great this year. And honestly, I think if you would bring back Kincaid, 
get some competition to Gorgiev, and if Kincaid doesn't make it out of training camp, I doubt he gets claimed on waivers. And Arthur Wolfpack kind of need a good goalie. Yep, <laughs> for sure. Um, one thing I want to go over is Team Canada's World Championship roster, the projections. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen it for USA yet or any of those other countries, but Canada's yeah. is looking really interesting. On forward left wing, you have Jarrett, Anderson Dolan, with Connor Brown and Michael Bunting, obviously Connor Brown's having a good season for the Senators and Michael Bunting with, I think, 10 goals and 20 games in Arizona, a breakout player for them and a bright spot in their season for sure. The second line is Max Comtois with Justin Danforth and Dylan Dubé. I think that this is the best line for Team Canada I don't really know who Danforth is, but with Dubay and Comtois, it is a very interesting situation, and he should have a good enough supporting cast to produce in the top six. The right, next line. Let me let me cut you off real quick. Yeah, I want to speak on Justin Danforth because the dude he has played so good in the KHL and the league last year. This year in the KHL with. Taya's Podolsk. I probably butchered that so bad. Um, he, he had 55 points in 58 games. And concerned KHL is not much of a high scoring league, but it, it I it's not a high scoring league, but it's not a low scoring league. I think that's really good. And last year with Lugo and the Liga, he had 60 points in 56 games, which although he was 26 in that season, I find that very impressive. Concerning league, a very low scoring league. Um, also for 2018, 2019, 52 points and 59 games. Again, very solid. Um, he got signed by the Columbus Blue Jackets for next year. I don't know the cap hit because I'm just going off elite prospects right now on my phone. I think Dan Ford will be great for Team Canada. Yeah, it'll be an interesting situation. Next line is Liam Foodie of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Adam Henrique of the Anaheim Ducks, and Brandon Hagel of the Chicago Blackhawks in between them. Now, one thing I want to touch on specifically is Brandon Hagel. He has had a really nice season for the Chicago Blackhawks, and he's going to be RFA. In 52 games, he has nine goals and 15 assists for 24 points on a team that isn't very great in Chicago. And as a rookie, those are some really solid numbers. 22-year-old rookie, he's sixth-round draft pick from the Buffalo Sabres. Very long path to the NHL, but has definitely found a spot in Chicago, and hopefully they can re-sign him. Mm -hmm. The next line is Mangiapani with Nick Paul and Cole Perfetti. This is a very good line, another Ottawa Senators forward, and Mangiapani might be the best player on this team. He's having a really good season, and Cole Perfetti's a rising star for sure. 
for the Winnipeg Jets. He's done really well in the AHL and hopefully can produce at the Worlds. And the last two forwards. Let me me touch on this real quick. I do really love sniper playmaker power forward lines, and that's what it is. Mandy Pond against sniper. Nick Paul has a power forward and Colter Fetty has a playmaker. I love those lines because brings physicality, scoring, and a lot of points. I'll say that. Yeah, for sure. The last two uh, uh, forwards are Brandon Peary and Gabriel Velarde. So two solid guys that will definitely slot into that lineup. Defense is where it gets very interesting. Kevin Ball and Nicholas Bodain. Colin Miller and Owen Power. Troy Stetcher and Sean Walker. And then Mario Ferraro and Braden Schneider. This is a weak spot for Canada and one of the worst defensive cores that they've had in any tournament for years. Owen Power and Bodan are pretty solid. So is Troy Stetcher. But Colin Miller, Kevin Ball, and Sean Walker, they don't make for an outstanding lineup for Canada on defense by any means. What are your thoughts on that defensive course? I will be honest. I do like Sean Walker a lot. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the best, but and I just want to touch on this. These are not the confirmed line. It's just how the order is, and I believe yeah. Angus is reading them off on TSN as well. Um, yep. What I would do for the defense is Owen Power and Troy Stetcher, um, Nick Bodan and Kevin Ball, and then Colin Miller, Sean Walker. But, but I will be honest, I'd rather see Mario Ferraro in the lineup over Colin Miller. Interesting. I'd like to see Braden Schneider getting some reps there. Yeah. And then goalie, this is basically confirmed. Darcy Kemper's the starter, best goalie in the NHL. You can fight me on that. Whoa. Aiden Hill as the backup, future Seattle Kraken goaltender, likely. And Michael DiPietro. So interesting lineup there for goaltender. That's probably the strongest position. Yeah. Um, I do think Kemper is very solid. Didn't have the best season, but let's be honest, Arizona's defense is so bad. Yeah, and what he's been able to do with pocket and that defense is so impressive. He's the best. Yeah. Um, Aiden Hill, I really like Aiden Hill. Um, honestly, I think he is the future one-year starter for the Coyotes after Kemper's contract expires. Um, I- when Kemper's contract expires, honestly, I would trade Kemper that year, call Ivan Krasvetov, have a tandem of Aiden Hill as a starter for Krasvetov as the backup, and then the next season, same thing, and then the season after that, I think it'll be Krasvetov or Krasvetov, whatever his name is, as a starter, and Aiden Hill as the backup. Uh, Krasvetov, I think he's very good, very good future starter in the NHL. So. Yeah, and and it'd Michael be nice DiPietro. if Di Pietro can get some playing time. Yeah, Di Pietro. I will be honest, the Canucks kind of mistreated him this year. Just yeah. uh, send him down to Utica from the beginning and have our two sea logs or Jake Shelley or Kelly or, or whatever his name is on the practice. Pra- pra- 
Taxi Squad is in the NFL. I don't know why I was saying Taxi Squad. Um, but to be fair, even if he was in Utica with the whole situation with the Blues and the Canucks sharing that um, AHL team, DiPietro, there was Joel Hofer and the Blues. Evan Fitzpatrick. There's it's another goalie. I don't exactly John Gillies. Um, but anyways, Gillies, yeah, probably. I think so. Him, yeah, he probably wouldn't have got that much HL playing time anyway. Gillies has been on the taxi squad as of late, which honestly, the St. Louis Blues and the connection have made a, a deal of Di Pietro in the AHL, Gillies in the NHL, and the taxi squad. So that way, like. There could be the young goalies and DiPietro, um, Jake Shelley, who I just think Jake Shelley or Kelly, I think he is awful, and I think he is an ECHL goalie. Um, and Fitzpatrick, he's actually not really awful, but not the best for the Utica Comets. Um, Joel Hoffer, eh, he's played eh. For the comments this year, but I think he's a future high end backup club and he does have some potential as a starter, but that will probably be in like five years. So, yeah, for the starter part for the back, probably yeah. The, the Blues have a pretty good goaltender situation, but signing Binnington to that contract isn't going to help them in the future. Colton Ellis and Hofer as future goaltending. That's a pretty solid tandem. A team that has outstanding goaltending is the Florida Panthers. They had both their young goaltender prospects playing in the gold medal game of the World Juniors with Devin Levi for Canada and Spencer Knight for the U.S. Is it Levi or Levy? It's Devin Levi, yeah. Um, that was a great game. Levi was probably the most surprising player all tournament. I wanted Sebastian Costa to play. Um, he's yeah. going to be a star. My boldest prediction for this upcoming draft is Kosa will end up having a better career than Wallstead. Interesting. As someone that has seen Sebastian Kosa play for the Oil Kings, he he's a big guy. I think he's 6'6", 18 years old. Yeah. And his positioning is already good, and it's only going to get better. He's quick to the puck. He's good tracking. And honestly, any team in the draft is going to be completely lucky to get him because he'll probably fall mid-round around 15-ish. Yeah, and I will say that I badly, badly want Penguins, or maybe the Habs, to trade up for Kosa. I know if the Penguins get Kosa, that would actually be so cool, having the two best Oil Kings goaltending or goaltenders mm-hmm. in recent history with Tristan Jari, who won a Memorial Cup there, and Kosa, who... Mm-hmm. Should have won a Memorial Cup this year. Probably would have won a Memorial Cup this year if there was a Memorial Cup. 
he still has a chance for the Oil Kings, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. As Kosa has, I believe, after the eligibility of the Oil Kings. Yeah, and another thing I want to touch on. Playoffs. Is the what story? Standing Cup playoffs. Okay. You could kick off the discussion while I pull up the bracket. Well, for the playoffs, um, Leafs Habs first round. Just gonna say, winner of every of those rounds has gone on to win the Stanley Cup, and hopefully history doesn't repeat itself because I think that the Leafs are gonna win in four games. Um, Whoa. Habs are not a very good team. They're not a very strong team. They can't keep up with the Leafs in seven games with their lineup. Well, hang on. They're... With with the Leafs, it just depends on how Jack Campbell's going to play. That's, that's really Yeah, for sure. Depends on how Campbell's going to play. If he plays like that awful stroke after the trade deadline, Leafs could easily beat him in five or six games. I mean, <laughs> the Hats could easily beat him in five or six games. But I, I hope so. If it's um, if Campbell plays like his first twelve or something games, these are against. I mean, no, Habs are getting swept easily, easily. Yeah, it, it's can be an interesting game um okay so the Leafs just lost that's nice sorry I was just reading Matthews is going to finish the season with 41 goals they still have one more game to play but I doubt he plays it so what are your thoughts on Matthews with 41 to likely finish the season he is a beast. Beast. Yep, I agree. I didn't have him in the Rocket conversation in my predictions to start the season, and I regret that a lot. So, yeah. It's a runaway for the Rocket for him. Back on the topic of... um. Stanley Cup playoffs, who's winning the cup in your mind? I'm going to say Colorado or Vegas. At the start of the year, I had Vegas over the Islanders in seven, six games, I think. Islanders aren't going to the cup final. Islanders have lost a lot of steam. Varlamov is playing really well, but I think that the cup final is going to be Vegas and Carolina, and Carolina wins it. But my sleeper pick is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes. They've done a lot. Yes, sir. They're somehow still a good team. Mm -hmm. After all these years, it amazes me how they have managed to stay this strong for so long. I'm, I mainly said Colorado and Vegas, or Vegas, I mean, mainly because I don't want to be biased. 
Yeah, I get the bias for sure. I, there's no bias for me, though, because Chicago's not in the playoffs, and Montreal's not going to do anything. So, On the topic, quickly, for the draft, I guess, we can touch on this. Who's your favorite prospect in the draft? Sebastian Kosa. Sebastian Kosa. Nice, nice. Mine also plays for the Oil Kings, Dylan Gunther. Absolute stud. He has been carrying the EOK this year. I really was hoping that St. Louis would be in a position to get him because (laughs) Gunther has been... Oh, yeah. Throughout his career um, in Edmonton, Dylan Gunther has found the most success on a line with Cade Oliver, who who will likely never be an NHL player, and Jake Neighbors, the Blues' first-round draft selection last year. They're a dynamic duo. I will be honest. I will be honest. I thought Neighbors was a reach at the time, but now, holy crap, I've been proven wrong. Yep. He has been just great this year for the Kings. And, yeah, Oil Kings would have won the Memorial Cup, in my opinion. Having elite goaltending and elite goal scorers, that for sure would have been something. Now, I'm not sure how long we've been recording so far. About 15 minutes. That's it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, might be a little longer. Well, I just want to say that I think in a few years, this is probably the boldest prediction I have. When they're in their primes, Connor Bedard is going to be a better player than Connor McDavid. I could see that. What Bedard has done at 15 years old in the WHL is crazy. It's get to the bracket here. Carolina Nashville. I personally would have have to discuss this. (laughs) I have Carolina in six. Mm. What do you say? I see Carolina in six or seven. I see Nashville as that team that will be just as pes- just pesky enough to push a full series to Carolina. And um, yeah, yeah, I have Canes in six. All right, Canes are going to round two. Uh, Florida, Tampa. And with Florida Tampa, I want to say Florida is a favorite. They are the favorite. Um, this will be such a, such a good series. Um, I want to say Tampa. Tampa in six. Tampa and, and Carolina. Tampa and Florida. Oh, Tampa and Florida. 
Um, I have the Panthers in five. I say Tampa in in six because Kucherov and Stamkos will conveniently be back. Yeah. I have cats in five. They're going to upset them. I have the cats as a dark horse for the cup. I can see the Panthers winning. You know what? I'm changing my vote. Panthers in six, so we'll just put Florida, Carolina for the second round. All right, Vegas, St. Louis. Um, Sorry, Mason. I don't know if you're watching or not, but not not the Blues. They stand no chance. He already knows he'll be not having a chance at Vegas. But I will give the Blues some credit. They have played very well recently. Um, I say Vegas in five. I think St. Louis will get a win there. Knights in six. St. Louis will make it interesting. Colorado, Minnesota. I have the Minnesota Wild winning. Someone that agrees with me. <laughs> they are <laughs> what Kaprizov has done to that team. And they have players like Joel Erickson Eck and Kevin Fiala who are just starting to get recognition because of Kaprizov. And I have Wild in seven. I'm going to say seven as well because Colorado is a really strong team for sure. All right, on to the not Eastern Conference, but mostly um, Pittsburgh and New York. Pittsburgh and New York. I have the Penguins in five. Good pick, good pick. Um, Is Andrew Lee going to be back? I don't know. Because um, if Lee is not back, Leo Komarov, Leo freaking Komarov will be on the first line. And all I have to say is Komarov is not that good. Yeah, he, he's not. You're right. So I'll say Pittsburgh and five as well. Um, I'm going to go a little bit faster because I think we're running up on time here. Um, Washington, Boston. Washington, Boston. Yeah. I have. Yeah, in a moment. Mark what? I have the Boston Bruins in five games. I'll say Boston in six. That's my prediction. Montreal. Toronto, Montreal, Toronto in four. Yeah. Edmonton, Winnipeg. Edmonton in five. Carolina, Florida. Canes in six. Same. All right. Vegas, Minnesota. Oh, Vegas, Minnesota. Sorry, I cut out. Uh, Vegas, Minnesota. I have the Knights in seven. Pittsburgh, Boston. Pens and pens and seven. Nice. 
Toronto Edmonton. Toronto Edmonton. I'm picking Edmonton. Toronto in five. Um, I could see it either being Toronto or Edmonton in seven. Because my, my, can't really count on, count on David Nugent. All right, Carolina Vegas. Carolina Vegas, I have the Carolina Panthers. No, Carolina Hurricanes. Sorry, football brain. Um, in seven games. I like that pick. Pittsburgh, Toronto. Obviously, Penguins. I'll do Penguins in six. Now I'm excited if this is the cup final, Carolina-Pittsburgh. And I will say, both teams have a great chance. Both teams have um, potential Jack Adams award winners. So. Yeah, I have the Carolina Hurricanes winning the Stanley Cup in seven games. Thing. If, if, this is just an if, if it ends up Minnesota beating Vegas, and then if it's Minnesota beating Carolina, I think Pittsburgh wins that. But since it's Carolina-Pittsburgh, they're starting to build up a great rivalry. I'll say Canes. Yep. All right, guys, that will wrap up the short podcast. Sorry, it was short. Um, we will have a podcast for you next Tuesday, or who knows, maybe we'll have one sooner as um, I reach out to two other hockey YouTubers, and we'll see what they say. All right. It's been Vader and... King Angus, thank you. And we are out. Thank you for joining us on the... Somehow I forgot the podcast name. You say it, Angus. Um, Rubber Ranch. Thank you for joining. Rubber Ranch. Rubber yeah, Ranch. It was See you.